Yeah, you can write it down or practice okay. it or, okay. yep. Hi, hi, I'm Kayla Philo from lovebeadwithwings.com and you are listening to Jeff Smith at what, Vroom Vroom? Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer. <laughs> Okay. And laugh. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and you are listening to Jeff Smith with Vroom Vroom Veer. <laughs> it's hard to say Vroom Vroom Veer, right? You yeah. want to, Part of your tongue wants to say Vroom Vroom Veer. Right. I, I get it. So, <laughs> I think I did, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think you did. Okay. I, I have a pretty good ear for that. I'm listening for it because I like it, but you didn't mm-hmm. stir it up. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. So good. if you want to do a real take, you know, feel free. Uh, right now? Sure. Okay. Uh, let's see. Hi, I'm Kayla. F- Let me just say, hi, I'm Kayla Philo, and you're list- with LavitaWithWings.com, and you're listening to Jeff Smith at Room Room Veer. That's Perfect. it? Perfect. Okay. All right. Hi, I'm Kayla Philo from LavitaWithWings.com, and you are listening to Jeff Smith with Room Room Veer. Whoop, whoop. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I'm going to hit stop, and then we'll start the show. Okay. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Goyer, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. Did I screw up your name really bad? No, you did really well. Al Goyer. Al Goyer. Yes, I got it. Uh, I had to practice a lot, so thanks for that. <laughs> you got that one. Yay, I got it once. It's pretty close. I don't think it's perfect, but it's pretty damn close. Okay, so you are at juiceandbounce.com. So talk a little bit about what you've got going on in your business that you're excited about today. Yes, um, I'm, a, I'm a lifestyle transformation coach. And uh, with Juice and Bounce, I basically help ex-genders to uh, solve um, all sorts of like health issues. And I help them to get back to health and get back the energy they used to have when they were younger. And uh, I basically started off with uh, years ago with, as a speaker at corporate events. Okay. And so um, when they had like health day events, I got a slot there and I talked about um, my story and basically uh, how they can get back uh, their, their energy of the youth. Um, and, but that didn't really, didn't really transform people's lives. So I decided to write a book, um, oh, okay. which, is on, which is on Amazon now. At the moment, it's only available in German, but it will be translated later on as well. Cool. Uh, it's called Energy Reloaded. I think we um, all need some of that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Sounds good. I want some. Yeah, yeah. I'll let you know when. I'll let you know when it's available. In, when I uh, manage to translate it, when it's available. Yeah. In English. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. And I just recently launched my Juice Bounce Balance Lifestyle Program, which is like an online retreat where I take people um, through like five weeks and um, bring them lifestyle transformation. And yeah, just just launched that in German and also in English now. Sweet. All right. It sounds like uh, 
you know, a lot of people need all of that. So I think this is going to be fun. I think we're going to have a, a good time talking about your journey and your story. Uh, but first, let's tease out some stuff. So later on, we're going to talk about how you discovered your body's inner lake. That sounds fun. I have a I have a meadow in me. <laughs> but you've got an inner lake, which, you know, hey, whatever metaphor works for you. So we'll yeah. talk about that later. And then uh, we'll also talk about how you came to understand that there's really only one modern disease, because that sounds... That sounds very cheesy. I like it. <laughs> but first, all of that, before all of that, let's talk about little Frank and uh, and what your childhood is like. So I take it you grew up in Germany somewhere. Yeah, I, I live in the south of Germany, which is pretty well. I basically, when I look out of the window, I can see Switzerland and Austria. Ooh, nice, uh, nice and part of Germany. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I grew up down here as well. Um, been a lot of been very active as a as a kid. You know, I played football, and obviously because we have the mountains pretty close, I went skiing and Ooh, um, nice, and uh, go mountain biking. So I just really enjoy the out outdoors um, life. Mm. And yeah, just you're in a just, be- beautiful part of the world. Are you like close to like uh, the Sound of Music tour? The Sound of Music <laughs> tour. Because <laughs> when I went to Germany, I. I think, let me see here. I have to, it's been so long. I know we did the, the sound of music, Munich, the sound of music tour. Uh, we stayed in, uh, uh, Salzburg, Austria, right? Oh yes. Yes. Okay. And then we took a train to Munich. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's like in your neighborhood. Two hours from here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So not quite. In the Sound of Music tour area, no, no, no. but not well, far I, either. No, not far either. I would thought I thought it was, must have been Munich. What you what you're talking about? Right. Or it could have been Stuttgart as well, which is an hour and a half north from here as well. Right, right. Anywhere we, within driving distance of that yet famous hill where, Ju, you know, <laughs> Julie Andrews was spinning her arms. <laughs> yeah, I think we got to see like. Uh, I, <clears throat> a little gazebo. Look, there's the gazebo. <laughs> and then we went up to see like up in the mountains in Austria. It was just, it was amazing. You know, it was yeah. a really fun tour. Yeah. yeah so, it's, okay. It's a, it's a beautiful spot. You're uh, you're in a, you're in like a really beautiful part of the world. So good for you. So, yes. Yeah, so I really had a really very nice childhood as well. And everything was fine. I actually grew up in uh, in the countryside next to like farms and, uh, no pollution or anything. Mm, yeah. So, wow. That was that was all that was all good. School was fine as well, um, and I was always full of energy and, and just a happy kid. So, mm, lovely. So, were you kind of like? Uh, it sounds like you were in, in high school. You were kind of like the athletic type, or or were oh. you? Did you fit in one of those like uh, bre- Breakfast Club, the movie, uh, like? Stereotypes? Were you endured? <laughs> a jock? One of those? Yeah. No, I was more. I was more the outside guy and active and athletic guy. Yes. Okay. All right. So yeah, yeah. outdoorsy, athletic. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So okay. So did you do any of the sports like uh, track and field or soccer or sorry football? Yeah. <laughs> it's I played I played football all my life really up to like uh, university. Oh and, okay. Played quite high level when I was sixteen as well. Really? Um, 
Where you traveled to different countries and stuff? No, no. It was it was still local, but we played the top teams here in Germany. So, oh, wow. Uh, still, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, was uh, a cool experience and a, a good challenge as well. Yeah. So, But, you know, then that means like, uh, uh, I hope, hopefully you didn't get like injured. You know, I had a, a co-worker <clears throat> who was big into soccer uh, and she was traveling around in the Air Force. So she was so good at soccer, the Air Force let her play on teams. And I think she went to, I, I don't know, if, I don't think it was Germany, but somewhere in Europe playing other Americans. So there, they, that mm. was, yeah, right. So it was sort of like a European in, intramural kind of float around uh, Europe. and she got uh she got her knee destroyed (laughs) playing soccer yeah so then that ended her soccer career unfortunately so yeah a lot of times it's just part of the deal yeah 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 so it seems like you've uh, escaped that fate yeah i didn't have any major injuries and from from that point of view but i had a, a quite a severe accident where i broke um my back that was skiing Whoa! So I was basically out of action for almost a year, but wow. I recovered from that with no problem either. Because I was before that happened, I was pretty fit. Yeah. Um, so all the everything was there to. And you, you, it, it sounds like you were pretty young at the time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I think I was sixteen or seventeen. Wow. Yeah. Right. Wow. That's got to drive you nuts, though. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I, I can't say that was a, a highlight of my life because you was I couldn't do all the things I, I loved doing. So that was uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that was cool. But then to come back and uh, then I became a ski instructor. Right after that, I went out, out and did my my exams there, and uh, wow. I've been instructing ever since. You mean you were still in high school and you were teaching people how to ski? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you must have been pretty good at skiing. Yeah. Oh yes! Oh yeah! yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah! But yes, I'm, I have to say I'm I'm very when it comes to skiing and people come skiing with me, I'm very cocky. So it's a it's basically you either can keep up or don't come along. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but that's only when I'm private. And I, when I teach, it's the uh, completely other, other story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then you're like, okay, this is how we go to the bunny hill and do the snowplow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I take it very very easy and yeah. Uh, well, that's yeah. it. You know, I only skied. I did down, downhill skiing twice in my life. Okay. Well, okay. I shouldn't just say twice. I went lots of times during two distinct periods in my life and they were both in Japan. Um, because when I was stationed in Japan, it was, it was two times at the same base. Right. And that base was about 30 minutes away from a ski hill. So oh, that is cool. So we could, yeah, we, and if we had more time, like on the weekends, we could go to the big hills. Um, but if we just wanted to get froggy after work and just get off work and we could drive 30 minutes and ski until like nine or 10 o'clock and, uh, and yeah, it was fun. So I just recently sold all my ski gear. Oh, <laughs> but I guess if you need, if you want to go skiing and need it, you just go and hire some. That's yeah. Uh, and the uh, thing is, is I real somebody told me because I, I, I hadn't skied since, geez, when, since we left Japan, which has been like, uh, who like 2000, I think. 
all right. Right. So, and then we just, you know, we had all the, the boots and the skis. And somewhere between then and now, skis completely changed. <laughs> you know this, right? I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So I had the big, you know, I think I had what they called 190s back then, right? Oh, goodness. Yeah. yeah, those are really big skis. And nobody <laughs> uses those anymore. <laughs> yeah, you actually get you get really funny looks as well if you use them. Yes, I know. That's why I was like, you know, I, I'm not vain or anything, but I, you know, I, I, I would be bad to begin with because I haven't skied forever in forever. So why show up with these, you know, these ancient skis? <laughs> <laughs> and if you have new equipment, then uh, it makes it so much easier as well. With new right. That's what somebody told me. I don't know who, how I got this, but yeah, everybody's using these really short, fat skis now. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. They basically turn itself. You don't have to like force them to go around corners. Ah. And it, so is the whole, it, the whole experience a lot easier? Is that? It's a lot less awkward and you're falling, falling down a lot less. And I, I, I can't even imagine. It's almost Ooh. like they just made two little small, what do they call those? Snowboards? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what the big ones, the big fat ones look a little like. like yeah, two, okay. Two. Now what you do is you just put them on the edge and then they, they, they go around the corner just on the edge. So that's a lot easier and uh Huh. Yeah, and they're lighter as well. So you should give it a try. I should. Yeah. I, I really should. <laughs> yeah, come come out to come out to Austria and uh, and we can have a run somewhere. Yeah, I I yeah. doubt I'm going to be going to Austria anytime soon, but I I am <laughs> going to Japan like next month. So, oh, but yeah. I doubt I'm going to have time to ski. My wife is one of these people that that's not something she's going to think of. So, and and I haven't yeah. already beat it into her that I want to go skiing. So it's probably not going to happen this trip, but you know, we go almost every year. So, I mean, if I started asking now, it could possibly happen. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, so you said you went to university. What, what did you study in university and where did you go to school? Well, first, first of all, after, after school, um, I was 16. I did an apprenticeship at the, at the garage. Okay. And, um, uh, basically did that for two and a half years. And that was a very interesting time where I had one of the Veer moments, the probably minor Veer moments. Okay. Where I realized this is not how I want to live my life. Oh, working in a garage? Is that what you said? What, yeah, like working like that that kind of life and uh, being dependent on on these kind of um, A job. Employers. Yeah. So I basically went back to school and got another level of degree. And then I went to university and studied business and computer science. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so and you were still somewhere around that area in Germany? Yeah, I started that down here uh, in Konstanz, which is right at the lake as well, which okay. is uh, the border to, to, um, to Switzerland. I even had a flat in Switzerland at that time. Ooh. That was really cool as well. Nice. So, and uh, after two years of studying there, I went to, to England to um, do a year there. You were y- a year of school? Uh, studying in yeah, the yeah, university. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. And I finished my degree there as well. I did a, my final year dissertation in Nottingham and uh, I got the, uh, to experience the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the the English student life, which was quite, it's quite different to the one in Germany. Really? More partying or less? Absol- absolutely. They're all younger. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right, right. And 
yeah, that was really that was a crazy time, but really good, really cool. It was difficult at the beginning because my my English at the time was, uh, <laughs> let's put it that way, was pretty basic. Right, kind of so, like my uh, Japanese now. Like, I, I don't can... know why your Japanese. <laughs> my English was pretty bad. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> but I I got through somehow, and then I um, yeah I I went to like parties after after two or three months. I decided I. Don't go to the unit, do the lectures anymore. I start going to the parties and practice English. Okay. This is when everything turned around. It started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I I think when it to, when it comes to learning languages, if there's alcohol involved, that it it helps. I really do. Yeah. Because it it, it it it's sort of like it breaks down a lot of those. Because if you're just in school trying to academically learn to speak a language, it's a lot less fun. And you're also more afraid of screwing up for some reason and saying things incorrectly. Um, I think this everybody experiences that. But then you go out for drinks after the show or the class or what the whatever, and you just sort of relax and start having a few beers and you're just laughing. Then you're a lot more open to, you know, just try the language and be understood. And, and you know, yeah, you're going to make mistakes, but you're not going to learn the language unless you're okay with making those mistakes. Yeah, it's, it's like with everything in life. If you want to progress and go anywhere, you have to make the mistakes to, um, to yeah, learn. For sure. Get there. For sure. And that is exactly what happened for you just described. That's how I, I basically learned English. I didn't learn it at school or anything. I right. Just... You learn it in bars. <laughs> <laughs> you learn it in bars and parties at college. That's it's awesome. Bar, <laughs> I learned way more Japanese um, in bars and parties, mostly in bars. But uh, so yeah, yeah bar, uh, like so we did this thing. It was called Japanese American Friendship Club where you could go in and I think it was just like you spend like an hour teaching the, the Japanese people English and then they would spend an hour trying to teach you Japanese. <laughs> and you would just basically just go through this little book and chit chat, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but then after it, you know, eventually you made friends. And then I made a couple of friends with a couple of Japanese ladies, see? (laughs) And then we would take them out to the bar and buy them drinks. And and that's when we really started to learn Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That sounds absolutely familiar, yeah. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, and we also... So I also learned... So before I learned, uh, lived in England, I would ask people, hey, I'm moving to England. What's it like? And they're like, oh, England's great. There's castles. There's this. There's that. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, you'll learn about all the different things of how old the country is. And, you know, they got ancient things and they don't destroy them like we do in the States. Um, and and the, the one bad thing people would always mention is in the winter, it's really cold and wet and dark. <laughs> and, and you think cold, wet and dark, whatever. It's not snowing, you know, no big deal. And then you get there and you're like, then you really understand what they mean about this dark, wet, <laughs> right? You know what I'm talking absolutely. about, right? Ab- yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and we, I was in rural England when I lived in England, up um, in the area around north of Cambridge. It was RAF Lakenheath. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it's super rural and they don't have any streetlights and it's almost as if they make the roads out of light absorbing material. You're driving around in the dark 
and all you've got is your headlights. <laughs> it, uh, anyway, yeah. So a lot of our friends live in places like that as well, and whenever we visit them as well, I always think, oh gosh, I can't. You know, there's nothing. It's just it's you can't see anything. The the, the roads are narrow, and uh, and if you go there in winter, whenever we go back over Christmas, <laughs> I always take my long ski underwear. Yes, <laughs> it's not it's not because it's so cold outside, but it just feels so cold. Right, you know, I don't. The dampness here, makes you feel really yes. cold. Yeah, and I think you're light starved too because it's 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 often gloomy and then dark too. So my wife yeah. and I made uh, after our first year in England over the winter, we said, "Okay, we're we're getting that." Uh, seasonal affective disorder and therefore we need to take a trip to Spain every winter <laughs> and it, it, it just happened to be Spain because that was like the sunniest place we could find in in the winter leaving England so I think we went to it's the easiest way it's the easiest place to get to as well because there's yeah. a lot of yeah guns. Ryanair right yeah yeah and uh, so we went one year we went to uh, Mallorca and one year we went to Costa del Sol and and we went to Granada. That's awesome. Anyway, I digress. Okay, so so you spend time, you finish your college in the UK uh, and in Nottingham. That's <laughs> we could go on oh. forever on that because of you know, <laughs> but we'll, we'll not. Uh, so eventually you get your first job. So what was your first job a- after that or did, was there not a job? Yeah, that was a job. I mean, we we lived we lived there, uh, finished the finished the course, and then afterwards we lived another four years in England. So I got my first job in, in the UK. Okay. Um, after graduation, and I worked for quite a few companies there as well. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, we stayed there for four years, and after that. And this is somewhere along the line. You met your wife, right? No, I met her in Coventry the first time I went there. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> so that was kind of like why you were staying in England, probably, or the I, UK. We, we met and then we went back to Germany for a year uh, as uh-huh. well to study. And then we went back to England again. And then we stayed there for a few years. Gotcha. So that, but we were going backwards and forwards together at that time. Okay. And uh, That's easy. Yeah, it's not like it's like not a long flight. <laughs> right. No. Was, no. Yeah. 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 Not even an hour's flight or so. That's like right for for the US. That would be uh, even almost driver's driving distance. Yeah, you could you could drive, but that would suck. I mean, yeah, yeah. And it's at the channel as well. You have to get the train. Right, the, right. Uh, either uh, either the shuttle and what are they? The ferry and or the channel. Yeah. Right. Yes. So anyway. what happened next? And we, we we were there as I said for altogether uh, five years and then or six years with the studying and then we took a year off and we traveled around the world. So we had a, like a 12 month, uh, travel vacation. Nice. That was, wow. that was amazing. Yeah. Where did and you I go on your, your, where did you go on your round the world trip? Like we started off with, um, with Canada and then, um, it was actually the time when the, the, the September 11th happened in, in New York. Good timing. That was, <laughs> that was, yeah, Unbelievable! We were at the the Niagara Falls when that happened. Whoa! The, and we were were you we in the Canadian to, side or the U.S. Yes. side? The Canadian yes. side. Yes. Yeah, and we were about to uh, fly into New York just like three four days after that. Okay. 
And obviously nothing happened. We were basically stuck for there for another two or three weeks. I got stranded too. I was, uh, I was actually, let's see here. How did this go? I was stationed in England at that time. And I was um, doing a class in Falls Church, Virginia. So very close to the Pentagon. So I got stranded too. (laughs) (laughs) I was supposed to be there for like a week and then fly back the following, I don't know, like Sunday or something or Saturday. And I I ended up staying there because all the flights got canceled and they booked me out the following Wednesday, I think, something like that. So that's yeah, <laughs> the, the strange. The, tr- the strange thing what happened was my my dad had to uh, actually register register us for being missed because I couldn't get into contact with anyone over there, and they wow. couldn't contact us because right. uh, no, I, I don't know. know the lines were broken or overloaded or so. Uh, it took about three or four days for us to get in touch with anyone in Germany. That was it's scary. Yeah, that was very scary. The same yeah. thing happened to me. My, uh, uh, the, 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 I, I was, so the, the guys back in England were, ha- they had a 24 hour operation center, <laughs> you know, so they were, they actually made like this, this thing where they were having all the, the ops guys try to call me like once or twice every shift until they finally got through and it, yeah. they woke me up in the middle of the night and, and nobody cared. <laughs> They're like, you're alive. Yes. Okay. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I went through that same thing. It was scary. Yeah. So you actually got put on a list of missing people. That's, that's gotta be like hell on your family back home and you, you know, it's, it was scary. It was probably less scary for us because obviously we knew that we were fine, but over there, right, right, right. Crazy then. Um, but then after it all, um, Worked out fine, so we got the message through and uh, carried on with our trip. But then we do, obviously didn't go to New York. We decided it wasn't a good time to go there. So good we, idea. So we basically went to Florida and all the way along Texas and uh, Las Vegas and the Grand Canyon and all that. What you can do with the nice things and California. Mm. Nice. And yeah, we made it to Hawaii. Ooh, cool! I lived in was, Hawaii four years. It's awesome. Wow. That was one of the that was one of the highlights, I would say. Hawaii is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get off the plane and it smells like flowers. <laughs> <laughs> flowers and jet fuel, and then as soon as you get away from the the airplane a little the bit, airport. then it's just flowers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the airport is pretty big. Pretty, yeah. Pretty, yeah. 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 A good time. We also made it to Fiji, New Ooh, Zealand, cool. Australia. Wow. So it was definitely quite a, quite a, a world good. tour. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. That's awesome because you get kind of like a taste of, you know, just really, really different. Like what was the most different place that you visited in your, in your, in your journey? Uh, that was uh, definitely uh, Fiji because we stayed at a very, very small island Okay. with um, just local people. And that was over Christmas. <laughs> that's a fun Christmas. They, <laughs> yeah, they, they cooked as a special Christmas dinner. They cooked these. Uh, I can't. I don't know what they're called in uh, in Fiji, but I think they're called hangi in uh, New Zealand. Okay. They basically dig a hole, make a fire, yeah. put lots of stones in them, and then they put the food in the ground and that they, they leave them in there for three hours until it's cooked. Mm. 
Yeah, it was delicious. And in the evening for like uh, New Year's Eve, they took us on a boat to okay. a nearby island to go to a church uh, where they, they were singing like from, from, from heaven. I would say it was really, that was an unforgettable experience. Wow. Yeah. They do Love something that. similar to in, in Hawaii where they do like a, a, a pig roast where they dig a hole and put the rocks ah, yeah. in, the, in the leaves. Yeah, 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 yeah. What I, is it called then? Uh, I want to say it's Kalua pork or Kalua pig, something like that. Okay. Yeah, really good. It's, if, yeah. if done right, it comes out really smoky. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, so let's let's skip forward to the part where at some point in your life you figure out that you're sick. Yeah, that's basically that was already <laughs> happening during the world trip. Oh, um, really? Okay. I would, I would say I would say it started quite a, a bit beforehand because, All right. uh, because I was I was very active. As a kid, as I said earlier, yeah, and um, I would say with the age of twenty-five to thirty-five, that's when it happened. Okay, wow. So, uh, and that had to do with a lot of things. With like the nutrition wasn't quite right in England, and you know, you take a, you buy a lot of takeaways, and you just uh, right. don't look after after the right the right food. Um, exercise was always too much. I was basically training too hard i didn't do the other way like not no exercise i did too much i didn't oh, understand wow. okay. what happens in the body when you when you do too much and uh, don't have the the right time to recover yeah right and i mean as good as the parties are to learn the language um it didn't, <laughs> it didn't help with my help <laughs> it's true Yes. Yeah. I'm yeah. learning that too. As you grow older, you kind of have to, you have these little aha moments of like, oh, I don't know how many more beers I get to have. <laughs> yes. So basically, in, in, to, to, uh, to close that one, I basically stopped drinking alcohol probably about four years ago. Wow. Altogether. Just quit. Altogether. Yes. Quit. Okay. It's not that I don't, I can't do it or uh, it's my decision and I'm absolutely fine with it. And I'm actually, very happy about it. I feel good about that. I mean, uh, at the beginning, it was difficult, you know, when you go to parties and people ask you, why don't you drink? Then right. You feel right. like you always have to, but you get over that and then it's the, um, the complete opposite. Sure. So, so basically what happened then I realized when we came back from the world trip, um, I got a job here as an engineer. Okay. Uh, and I worked for two and a half years and uh, that was quite a stressful job. I had to travel a lot. I did a lot of overtime. Um, and then at some point, a real big event happened. That was when my my son was born. When I, basically my wife got pregnant, and I learned that I will become a father. And that's when things changed quite drastically. Okay. So um, in Germany, you can take like two months, even up to twelve months off to look after the child, or at least one of the parents can, and uh, you get a little bit of money for that. Right. And I put. And at that time, I realized I can't carry on like this because I felt just tired all the time and I mm. couldn't do the sports I wanted to do anymore. So I put in for two years. Wow. Okay. That was the first guy who applied for this in that company. When I got the form, it says, like, name of the mother and that kind of thing. Right. So, uh, But I got it granted and I, and I took a year off or two years. And after a year and a bit, um, they asked me to come back for a certain job, but they needed me for that. 
Mm-hmm. And so I could, I could basically go back on my terms and on my conditions. And uh, and I basically said, I come back if I can do it part-time and if I can do it partly at home. And, and so from that point of view, that was that was a pretty pretty uh, a good good time for me to do that because that's when I realized I have to change things um, and I actually had time to think about it because if you work 40, 50 hours a day, mm-hmm. there is no time. You just basically get sucked in, you work, and you come back, you sleep, you get up, you work. Right. There's, there's just, no time for reflection. Right. Well, yeah, and you're just you're burnt out. You're just always, like you said, you're just like that constantly tired feeling. Yeah. And you can never really catch up. And, you know, that's like just probably if you didn't have a family, you could probably deal with that. But you want to live. <laughs> you know, the, you're you're spending all of your time and energy doing just that one thing, you know, and that's just not really, you know, yeah, if, you know, if you, if you, what if you, we're here if to do. Have, if you then have a, a child, you see the child grow, you think, well, you want to spend time there as well, experience, you know show show him or her whatever you, you want to give them for 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 their life and right. uh, you need time and energy to do that there's no you know so so basically um at that time i, I then realized that i need to look after myself when i get my health back so I, I went to a lot of doctors and i did a lot of tests and everyone just said to me you're just getting old you nothing wrong with you they couldn't find anything right Right, um, right. And what, what sort of symptoms were the biggest problems? Like just like the fatigue and what else? Um, I basically had uh, like, um, I developed like food allergies. Like, okay. Like I had food. that. Yep. But when I had certain foods, three hours later, I was sick. Right. Like sick, and like throwing up sick or sick like, yeah. yeah. Completely throwing up, had diarrhea and I was completely wow. shutting completely shutting down i was i was actually sometimes you know when i sat uh, at the toilet i was actually falling off literally falling off wow and i was laying i knew exactly that this is going to happen so i knew i had to hold on i thought there was nothing i could do i was just falling off i was on the floor for wow. 30 seconds or up to a couple of minutes until My i goodness. woke up again. wow yeah, until i woke up again Yeesh. Whoa. and then after that i usually felt okay again so then i recovered and i could carry on but obviously completely tired but that was one of the symptoms which was very scary yeah wow that's nuts and, and then you go to a doctor and they say there's nothing wrong with you you know they did all the blood tests and it just couldn't find figure out what the problem was wow so then i moved on to ibs and then i uh, developed some sort of kind of uh, anxiety in the mornings and all these kind of things that just basically hook on to these problems so wow Okay, um, so that's that's where you're that was at. A low point. Yeah. Yes. Wow, that's pretty low. I mean, I went through, and I, you know, every I'm still experiencing some of these symptoms, but they're more, they're a lot less dramatic. You know, yeah. Like now, I now that I have insights about, like, you know, what did I eat? You know, I, whenever I have any sort of minor little disruption anywhere you know with like oh, i got a little tummy ache or oh you know i didn't like the quality of my stool this morning you know <laughs> yeah you know, i'm thinking what did i eat you know <laughs> that's the first question i ask um and it's usually like uh beer <laughs> or junk food right so yeah, that yeah. those are the sorts of things that and 
Um, I wonder, did you ever experience like just like crazy amount of joint and or muscle pain? Um, not really. No. Not really. No, okay. No, no, I didn't get that. No, I didn't get have that. Good for you. Because yeah. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I had this like um, before I got to the other side of the health journey. You know, like if I were to go, say, to a, a mall with my wife and she wanted to walk around and shop for an hour. I, I couldn't do that. Mm. Yeah. Just because yeah. my feet would just be like, it would just be like so much pain. Oh, so, okay. yeah. So I, you know, I have my own journey, but I just thought that I was old, <laughs> just like you, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, and you go to the doctor and they're just like, no, there's nothing wrong with you. Oh, there is. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, is this is just a lot of this because they don't know what it is. They don't know what else to say. They can't right. put you in a box. They can't have Correct. Like, you know, can't give you some symptom treatment. Well, and they stuff. can't they can't give you a pill and make it better. Yeah. So yeah. they just tell you there's nothing wrong. Yeah. Or you're old. And I basically then um, found out about a holistic alternative practitioner. Okay. Wow. Which, which I which I which I went to and I thought, okay, I'll give that a try. And uh, and she actually took the time to to um, do some tests and she explained a lot of things to me. You know, she talked about different organs and she mentioned things like the mitochondria my mitochondria were not working properly anymore that's right. why i was energy uh you know she talked about energy production the Krebs cycle enzymes vitamins minerals all these kind of things and i thought what is she talking about i didn't have a clue what you know i didn't understand what she was saying sure so i was very frustrated and i thought i can i can fix a car i know how an engine works i can basically fix a computer i can take it apart but I have no idea what my body needs to actually function to work. It's true, right? And that was that was like a, a big uh-huh. change. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, okay, now I need to figure out how that. As I remember once sitting there, and I said to her, "Look, I'm going to learn all of that as well. I want to know." She looked at me and was a bit surprised, but and I just went off and I bought books. And the first book I bought was a nurse's book. You know the 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 the, the, the um, when you when you work in the hospital. Sure. Yeah, these kind of books. But when they te- when they learn something, and I bought one of those, like a textbook I, for nursing school or something. Yeah, the, um, yeah, textbook with pictures and yeah, you yeah. Know, Perfect. No idea what was what they were talking about in there either. <laughs> Maybe right. I thought, what are they on? <laughs> right. Yeah. But that didn't work. That didn't work either. And then um, we got a book from a guy called. Jason Vale, he's uh, he's English. He's quite he's quite well known. He's the Juice Master. Oh, okay. And he wrote several books. Now he's like uh, quite famous in the in the juicing space. Um, and it was called Turbocharger Life in Fourteen Days. Okay. <laughs> so, so you I tried thought, a okay. juice thing. I thought, okay, fourteen days, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. But, First of all, I was very skeptical. We, you know, I thought it was just a diet kind of thing. And, right. uh, and I started reading the book, and he just writes like straight to the point, and he makes so much sense. Mm. And uh, I had like I must have I don't know how many aha moments I had when I, while I was reading that book. And we did that, and within ten days, I felt my energy was like, wow, I could just be up all day again and could all do all the things, and it worked. Yeah. I did a so, juice reboot twice. For a week or for <laughs> ten, a week? Two, 10 days. So yeah. my, mine was from that movie. Um, uh, Joe. Yes. The Australian yeah. guy. 
Yeah. Yeah, the Jewish thing. Sick, yeah. fat, and almost dead or something nearly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sick and almost dead. Too. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used his, it was like a 10-day thing <laughs> Yeah. where you do like, um, there's a food break in between. Yeah. But then it's like a couple of fast days in there where you're doing sort of like, the reboot is sort of like a, a combination of only veggies, right? Yeah. And then you have like some days that are just juice. Um, and then you take a break and you eat junk food. <laughs> you, you, you try to minimize the junk food, but you just go back to your ordinary sad diet, standard American diet. And yeah. then you do it again for another five days or something like that. So the total juicing period was 10 days. And I did that. I did two cycles of that. And yeah. Oh my goodness. I like the idea of that. This isn't going to be a forever thing. It's a reboot. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I definitely um, learned a lot and felt way better on the other side of my ju- juice reboot. Yeah. Well, it's almost everyone does unless you um, you completely run down and you have to start somewhere else. Well, hey, it's possible right. if you know, your intestine doesn't work properly or you have other other issues, then you need to address them first. But uh, usually that does the trick. Yeah. And, but the yeah. but the one thing I learned was there was people actually following me on Twitter when I was doing mine, and uh, yeah. uh, and they they were like, "Hey, you're doing your juice ju- juice reboot at the same time as us," and then they uh, they kind of fell off the wagon early and went to Taco Bell in the <laughs> in the middle of their juice reboot. Oh no, that's he, the worst. It is do. like. Okay, wow. public service message, don't do that. <laughs> because they were on like, I think they were sort of like in the middle of one of the juice only days and then they went to Taco Bell. And that wow. is like, so your, your, your gut system is already kind of like in a bad place. <laughs> not really. It's, on yeah. its, it's in a healing mode, but it was yeah. definitely not ready for Taco Bell. <laughs> No, this is something you have to be very careful at the end yes. of the juice week as well. You can't just right. go to back to what you did before. You have to slowly, right? Uh, use normal food or other food as well. I guess. Right, right, right. So, so before uh, we we before we run out of time, because this is this is fun and amazing, but we're getting close to the end here. We have to hit a couple of things. So let's talk about how you discovered your body's inner lake. Just because I teased it, and it sounds yeah. pretty fun. It sounds like a a, a fun story. Well, basically, then I um, I've decided I uh, to become a natural juice therapist, um, and I went there and did learned all about all about the body. And you know, the body is 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 made up of uh, sixty five to ninety five uh, percent of water. And right, our all of our cells, our seventy billion cells, they're all swimming in that water. It's like it's like fish in in a, in a lake. Yes. So. Uh, and basically, our our body is almost you know the most part is 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 liquid. We have like um, circulating systems. Um, we have the lymph system, mm-hmm. the body, the vascular system. You know the blood the, uh, the blood circulation for that transports the food, and um, and that's basically why I said we are basically all walking lakes. That's the body's in a lake, and if you want to have a functioning body. You have to circulate that water. You have to keep it circulating. Mm, if you're, wow, yeah. if you don't if you don't move, it's like a static lake. Yeah, and what happens? Static lake. Yes. 
all the it's a good fun. image too because everybody knows what that looks like. <laughs> yeah, you, it gets you, gross. You yes. <laughs> yeah, you have bacteria in there, and there's no life anymore. It's just you basically bacteria. think of like swamp, right? Or it can it can get pretty ugly and like not pretty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Good image. And, I like and it. Basically, and basically, if you, if you think of your body like that and you don't move the body and if you don't hydrate your body and give it the right um, uh, stuff that it needs, it becomes static. Mm. Then you will have all sorts of, of different diseases. And that's when we come to the, to the second teaser that you mentioned. That you okay. Mentioned. All right. So how, the, where we, how do we come to understand there's only one modern disease? Yes. What is the one modern disease? Well, as I said, um, everything in our bodies we have is our is, is made out of cells, mm-hmm. and uh, the cells they all look the same. They all have the same organelles. There's like organs, just uh, the small organelles in the cells, right. and they need certain they need certain substances to function properly. Yes, like and, little baby uh, machines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's where the energy is made and, yeah. uh, and and it's basically other cells are made as well and um, other building blocks so you basically need to give your body everything it needs on this, at the cellular level right this, this is why juicing is, is is so great as well and the disease is non-functioning cells that's all it is it's it doesn't oh, matter where right, the cells right. are you know, you have like a cell in your liver. If your liver doesn't work, it's because the cells in the liver don't work anymore. And right. why don't they work anymore? There are usually the little re- motors are not work firing on all cylinders. Yeah, there are two. There are usually two reasons. They're either out of um, power, toxic. Okay. Because you know, with all the the, the the artificial stuff we eat and we're surrounded with mm. um, toxins, right? They they get clogged up. And they can't work properly anymore. So that means the substance exchange through the membranes in and out of the cells don't work um, as as um, efficient anymore. And usually they're undernourished because you know when you eat Taco Bell and other fast food stuff, yeah, yeah, <laughs> then you don't you don't give the minerals and the vitamins and all the enzymes that basically the system needs to run properly. And that's where juicing comes in. And that's where juicing comes in to uh, basically feed the cells properly. Because if you look at the body as a whole, there's nothing. The body is nothing uh, more than a big slow juicer. Okay. You know, you eat a, right. Okay. I you love eat, that. That's good. You, yeah. you eat. You eat an apple. You uh, you you're like you chew the apple. It's like a, a like a, a mixer, mm-hmm. and then it gets swallowed. And in your in all your intestines, does the, the the digestive enzymes? It extracts the juice. Right from from the fiber, and the juice goes through the intestines inside of your body that gets then delivered to your cells. Right. So, and if you have a good juicer, you can extract up to ninety percent of the nutrients. Let's say, for example, for a carrot from a carrot. So, if you would eat that carrot, you would only get five percent of that nutrient nutrients. Into really? Your body. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a huge difference. And if you if you drink a glass of carrot juice. It's like unbelievable for the body what the, the amount of uh, nutrition you get into your into your system. Okay, so Basically, that's why my you're, 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 you're kind of like uh, doing the body a favor, so it doesn't have to work as hard to get the nutrients. 
you basically take the work off the body. Yes, right, so it right. Need energy, you can use the energy for something else. That's why a juice reboot works so well. That's why you have so much energy because you get a lot of nutrients mm. and you don't have a lot less work for digestive, from the digestive point of view. Wow. Good stuff. Yes. Yeah. Now I want to go do another juice reboot. <laughs> <laughs> it's been yes. a while. <laughs> yeah yeah you should do it regularly that's that it really is makes a difference yeah i i, yeah. I definitely need one yes and it's 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 a good habit to have how like how all. often do you do like a reboot reboot um i do i do like a, a more a several day uh juice uh, reboots twice a year that's but i good. have I, okay twice i have a juices year. i have juices every day okay There's no day yeah. that you don't have some juice Yes, uh, it's just one portion, like like a, uh, a glass full of, of juice every day. Nothing wrong every, with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, the good thing is, if you know, if you're a bit organized, I make the juices um, at the weekends, in the mornings, and then I freeze them. Oh, nice. So I don't have to do it every day. Right. Right. Okay. So whenever it fits in, the juice, and then I'll take it out. Take it out, and, and then you've got the it. You've got some. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I like it. Cool. So then I have I have another two components of of this juice uh, balance balance method. It's like right, right. You know, the other two um, methods is uh, the exercise, mm-hmm. and that's the that's the the bounce. Right. And what I suggest to to my clients that they they get one of those mini rebounders. Okay. And they exercise on them every day because that's exactly the perfect exercise to get um, the system. Moving, to circulate everything, right? Everything your cell, and you accelerate the the substance exchange in and out of the cells. So, like, uh, is that like a miniature little trampoline that you just jump up and down on? Is that a rebounder? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd never heard the rebounder tour uh, term. So, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I thought it's uh, American. Maybe it is. I, I I've yeah. been I, I haven't been watching TV, so yeah, you know, I don't see all the ads. Um, but it's been very popular in, on the, in the eighties in 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 America. Really? Um, yeah. I yeah. Think, okay. You know, I I remember seeing you know many little trampolines. I just I never yeah. I never saw them in a gym or anything. But there so, are there are two different there are two different ones. You get them with a, with uh, springs. Okay. Um, the one I use are with bungees. They have instead of springs, they have bungees. They're a lot softer on your joints, Good. and yeah. um, the effect is is uh, four times better than with with springs as well. It sounds like it's so, small enough you could just put it in, and you could like listen to an audio book or watch a Netflix. Or, exactly, it's quiet. Yeah. You can. I sometimes when I watch uh, a football game or something, you right. know, I. I I go on the rebounder and um, and I do a little bit of exercise. Now I want a rebounder. <laughs> <laughs> I even have, I even have a little one, a small one in my office. Yeah. I See, sometimes I, put it under my desk and, and while I'm uh, when I'm working. That's not a bad idea. I like that too. So you know you could yeah. jump, you could bounce <laughs> in your cube. <laughs> yeah, it's basically not. It's it's basically swinging. You don't jump, you swing. You oh, know, your whole body. Oh. Yeah, body gets into like a swinging mode. You know, okay, it's like. Like the uh, inner lake is getting moved. <laughs> right. You know, but that's, I learned that too, because my big thing was, uh, I kind of like fell into going to massage school and my massage school, I did like two rounds. The first one was how to do like just a Swedish relaxing massage. But then the other one was a lot more medical. Um, it was like, uh, they call it neuromuscular therapy. And we got really into like, 
all the different ATPs. And so I got yeah. this like eight month, like download of medical stuff <laughs> <laughs> and it was amazing. And, and that's when I, at that same time I was doing the juice, juice reboots. And, um, but I, in that time I learned like how much, how important it is to move, you know, yeah. um, at the same time, you know, because, um, what was it? The, uh, the calf muscles are sort of like the, the heart of the, the leg, right? So it's like, if you're not walking or moving, then that all of that, what is it? Um, the lymphatic system doesn't, it doesn't have yeah. a pump. So basically exactly. your calf muscles are the pump of the, of the, uh, of the lymph, the, the lymph system. So your lymphatic fluid is not going to move if you sit around and watch TV. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the last one was the mindset and that's where the balance comes from, right? Yes. Um, first of all, if you drink juices all day and you don't move, it doesn't, you it doesn't work. Involved. Right. It doesn't work. So you have to drink juices and you have to bounce um, uh, on the mini trampoline, on the rebounder. But also, if your mindset is in the wrong place, right, you almost have no chance um, of, of getting better either. Um, it's like, it's like um, the lady said on one of your um, podcasts uh, earlier, where she was talking about all these different hormones and the, um, the animal within you. That was brilliant. Yes, you know, yes. Blend. She's awesome. Yes. And that was basically exactly what this mindset thing is all about as well. You have to understand how the body communicates and you can actually um, influence that with your mindset, with the right training. Right. Um, and, and one big thing is beliefs. So true. If you have the wrong beliefs, you can do whatever you want. It won't work. Right. And the yes. next thing is habits. If you have habits from your past, from the youth, and you don't basically get them fixed, that won't work either. So you have to basically work on your mindset and, and get balance into all of these in these areas as well. Yeah, you're talking about uh, Loretta Bruning, and she was probably yeah. one of my favorite guests. Yes, and from way back when too. Uh, so yeah, she's amazing. Yes, yeah. and she talked a lot about uh, happy brain chemicals, yeah. uh, sad brain chemicals, and then and then how how to think about us versus our mammalian cousins. <laughs> but it does it it helps you. Ah. Um, you know, I would throw in, in mindset, you know, you've got your emotional con uh, constructs, but also the social thing. That's another thing that she talks about yeah. is you can't isolate, you know, but you know what? Yeah. We are way over time <laughs> <laughs> and I've got another podcast to record today. So, uh, you know what? You're definitely a candidate for a comeback because we could talk forever. Um, but tell us again where we can best get in touch with Frank. I'm going to say it again. Al Goyer. Uh, yeah, I know you're at juiceandbounce.com. Talk a little bit about how people can best get in touch with you. Well, I actually, um, I actually um, created a special page um, cool. for, for for you, and it's it's called juiceandbounce.com forward slash Jeff. Perfect, I love it. So you basically there's a I have a, a a little treat for people there as well. They can download like a little um, little starter program if they want to uh, find out a little bit more. And awesome. uh, further down on the page or just on my like Facebook and LinkedIn and all these kind of things and email addresses. So if anyone 
wants to. Um, yeah, I will. I will link to those in the show notes. This has been this has been a blast, Frank. I appreciate you uh, spending time with me and working through those Skype slash Zoom issues. Sorry about that. <laughs> this has no been problem. fun. Yeah. Yeah, I really really enjoyed it. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer.